Okay, Parashat Toledot is here in the Humash on page 124. But I want to specifically focus on Perek Kavzayin, which is a few pages later, on page 132 at the very bottom. On Perek Kavzayin in Parashat Toledot is the story of the Berachot, specifically. It's when Esav and Yaakov vie over the blessings from Yitzhak. I'd like to, for a few moments, focus on a specific detail of what took place then and try to extract from that well, a certain lesson uh, beyond just what it means to get a biracha or to arrive at the biracha as Yaakov did, but something, something perhaps on a lower level, surface level with regards to uh, what took place then. And the way I'd like to angle this specifically is not so much reading yet in the Humash, but reading off of this page. So if you have this page, great. If not, listen along. This page is from a book from, do you have it, Renee? There's, I think I made enough. Oh, here's some extras. I don't know, something else. Um, so this page is from a book from uh, Dr. Jonathan Grossman, who wrote a book on the life of Yaakov. This chart, which is really all I'd like to focus on, is not novel to his interpretation, but he presents it in a beautiful way. On, the, on one side, on the right-hand side, is Akedat Yitzhak. It's Pesukim from uh, several Pirakim earlier in the Torah, story that we discussed briefly, we're all familiar with to a certain extent. On the left-hand side, well, he calls it Genevata Berachot, that's the Berachot with Yaakov, Esav, and Yitzhak. And what he's demonstrating, and we'll read through it briefly, is that there are there are very clear parallels between this story, the Berachot with Yaakov, Yitzhak, and Esav, and the story of Akedat Yitzhak, read two weeks ago in the parasha. And uh, if we'll read just a few of the similarities quickly, and then try to understand well, what exactly could the Torah be looking for us to learn from this similarity, and you know, develop it from there. So on the right-hand side is Akedat Yitzhak, the first pasuk in Perek Kafbet is Vahi Ahar HaDevarim HaElohim Nisat Avraham. That's after these matters, and God tested Avraham. And then the most important part in terms of parallel is the final words Vayomer Elav Avraham Vayomer Hineni. So the way that that mission for Akedat Yitzhak to Avraham began with. Uh, it begins with commissioning Avraham with his name and his response of Hineni, here I am, which has embedded in it a lot. The response Hineni in the Torah, above and beyond just here I am, speaks to a person being really resolute and aware of their identity in this moment, certain that what they're going to do is what they want to be doing. But you have it here as well in this story of the Berachot, the first pasuk in Perek Kavzayin. You can either read it on page 132, 134, on the page. So it's not God crying to another. It's rather Yitzhak to his son Esav begins the story again with my son and the response Hineni. Uh, the, what's that? That means the stealing of. Like in Eva, I'm not, I'm not weighing in on that right now. That's uh, I'm not, not my issue for today, at least. Uh, the, the second pasuk on the right-hand side of Akedat Yitzhak is where God begins to command Avraham as to what he's doing. Uh, so what is it? Yitzhak. Of course, that's going to be a little different than ours. There's one child, Yitzhak. And go up to Eretz HaMoriah and, well, sacrifice your son. 
uh, the, the, uh, the command of Yitzhak to Esav is similarly going out and doing something. Not exactly identical, but it's the mission. Um, what happens in each of their circumstances? Vayakom on the right hand side, Akedat Yitzhak el Hamakom Asheama Lo Haeluhim. Vayelch Esav Hasadeh Lasut Zayid Lahavi. They listen appropriately. Here's where it gets a little bit more in terms of the similarities, so you'll notice them. Uh, on the way, Yitzhak turns to his father Avraham, and again the right hand side. Vayom Yitzhak el Avraham Aviv. Vayomer Aviv. Vayomer Hineni Beni. Right, that's the second Hineni on the mission. It's when Yitzhak turns to his father and says to him, Hey, Dad, and he says, Here I am, son. Vayavo el Aviv, in our story, again, it's father and son and son and father. Vayomer Aviv, identical wording. This is this time Yaakov talking to Yitzhak. Vayomer Hineni, but instead of a simple response, Miatabini, it's Yitzhak's response of, Who are you? So with all the similarities already, there's a major difference. The almost identical conversation between father and son, the first time it's hakta Avraham, and Avraham with a resolute and simple answer, here I am. The Yitzhak response to Esav is, well, I'm here, but who are you? That difference, and I, I want to draw it out a lot more, is very much in my mind what the Torah is is, uh, is seeking for us to see in comparing these two episodes, but seeing something that's different. Again, whereas in the Avraham story, something certain, the response is, here I am, son. And by the way, what's the question afterwards? It's not on the page. What does Yitzhak then ask Avraham? Where's the animal? And Avraham's response is also resolute, simple. God will show it to us. There's no simple answer over here. So the Avraham response to Yitzhak, the Avraham challenge at Akedat Yitzhak, seems to be uh, painted with a lot more certainty than the story over here from the Yitzhak side. What would the similarity, before we read the last Pesukim, what would the similarity be with regards to these two episodes? I think quite simply, in terms of similarity, each of them are the loss of, or the potential loss of, what I believed was going to be my future. With Yitzhak at Akedah Yitzhak, Avraham thinks his future is being built and born out of Yitzhak, and he's being told otherwise. He doesn't know how to explain that. And with Yitzhak and his son, well, it's not Esav, something setting in, there is a realization that his vision for the future is somehow changing. Right? So there's similarities in terms of losing something, potentially losing something, but there's differences with regards to the Akedah Yitzhak seemingly being painted with a lot more certainty, Abraham being resolute and understanding what's happening as opposed to Yitzhak. I'm given a minute or two to develop further. Uh, finally, what's the uh, question? And similarly, right after the dad, here I am, there's a question as well in our story. Yitzhak turns to Yaakov and says, how this happened so quickly? So there's questions uh, at this. Fayom Avraham, Elohim yere lo hasele ola bini. Erakeda, Yitzhak, the response, and indeed over here as well, a godlike response. Fayom ki kra Adonai Elohecha lefanai. In each of those stories, there's the response to the child or to the father, 
God helped in this. So let me just piece this together for a moment in terms of similarities. Uh, so there's some sort of parallel between these two episodes, Akedat Yitzhak and the Berachot of Yitzhak to Yaakov, ultimately speaking. Uh, first and foremost, they both begin with a call of the name and the Hineni. Uh, secondly, each of them have that conversation, which a parent turns to their child, or the child turns to the parent, as the name, Bini, and Hineni, and Avi, and things of that sort. And then lastly, the question that's asked afterwards, you know, something like, where are we gonna find the animal? God will show us it. And how did you find the animal? It's Huck's question to Yaakov, and God helped me find it. Seems to be similarities, at least, I think it's a pretty clear analysis in terms of a parallel in these two. There's no doubt differences, well, what's, again, what's the purpose of paralleling these two, aside from saying these were both challenging situations, one for Avraham and Yitzhak and the other for Yitzhak and, well, his sons, and internally, I'd like to suggest the following. I'd like to suggest that the, for all the parallels that there are, there is, as I've been suggesting throughout, major differences, and the, the major difference between these two is um, it, it, can be, it can be best uh, perhaps portrayed through the, through the senses that are used in each of these two episodes. And what I mean by that is in Akedat Yitzhak, beginning with that, there's one sense, S-E-N-S-E, which is repeated again and again and again throughout the episode. It begins at the very beginning of the story. Avraham is walking to Eretz HaMoriah. It's the third day and... Avraham raises his eyes and he sees the place from afar. Avraham sees the place. His ability to see clarity from a distance is apparent from the very beginning of Akedat Yitzhak. How does he know where it is? She says he sees a cloud. What's the simple interpretation in the Pasuk? He just sees it. It's just clear. It's clear as day for him. No pun. You know, in other words, he's certain that's the place. Avraham's his son turns to him and says to him, where are we going to find the animal? What's his answer? God will show it to us. We'll see it. I could, I could talk somehow, with all the doubt that must have been going around in Abraham's mind, there's nonetheless a certain clarity, a certain pristine vision of this is all part of God's plan. I know where we're headed. I know what we're doing. They make their way to the top of the mountain, and ultimately speaking, Abraham is held up, told not to take his son's life, and again, Abraham raises his eyes and sees, he finds a ram, but it's raising his eyes and seeing it. Abraham, throughout Akedat Yitzhak, has the clarity of vision. When we see things, there's no making mistakes. I saw and I knew. Avraham somehow knows throughout the challenge of Akedat Yitzhak that what he's doing is right. That what he's doing is the proper path. In fact, the name of the place, we know it's called Har HaMoriah. But ultimately speaking, are we familiar with what does Avraham name the place? Say it again? Well, take a look at the end of Parashat Hayesara on page 104. Yeah, page 104 at the top of the page. Vayikra Avraham Shem Hamakomahu Adonai 
Yir'eh, the third line. God will see. Asher Yamer Hayom Behar Adonai Yira'eh, which today it is known as uh, we, God will be seen. And the whole thing is about sight. I mean, I've said so many times the life of Avraham is about sight. Sometimes it's about sight of others. But this whole Akedah Yitzhak, ironically, when I think about Akedah Yitzhak, it's all about the doubt, it's all about the uncertainty. It's underwritten throughout with the sight of Avraham. Avraham sees something throughout. Avraham isn't certain, but he's still seeing. Avraham's moving forward and searching for something. Avraham's telling his son, God will show it to us. In the aftermath of it, well, God will see, God will be seen. There's something about sight, there's something about clarity throughout Akedat Yitzhak. It's the opposite entirely in this week's parasha. It's the complete opposite story. As much as it parallels this story in Parashat Toledot, beginning on page 132, at the very be- at bottom, begins with lack of vision. Vayhi, the very last word on page 132, The story begins with Yitzhak's blindness. He doesn't see. So whereas Akedah Yitzhak was everything about sight, the irony that I can't see as I'm speaking now, right? Um, everything was about sight in Akedah Yitzhak. This story, somehow parallel, but more importantly different, is anything but sight. There's no seeing. In fact, the Midrash, which Lashi cites is, so to speak, the sight of Yitzhak was blinded from Akedah Yitzhak. That's, the, that's what the rabbis suggest. They already linked up these two stories to a certain extent. Um, but there's much more to it than you know, just acute seeing or not seeing because everything that follows is the way that Yitzhak, so to speak, compensates for not having clarity. And the truth is we know Yitzhak as someone who, even physically, but I don't know if it's physically per se when the Torah tells these stories, can't see at the end of Parashat Hayesara as Rivka makes her way to Yitzhak uh, Rivka raises her eyes and sees from a distance Yitzhak. And what does Yitzhak see coming his way? Camels. That's what the Pesukim say. It's almost a contrast. Rivka can see an Avraham type of thing. Yitzhak sees camels. Where's Yitzhak coming from at the time, interestingly? Coming from a place called Be'er Lahai Ro'i. Almost as if he's searching for sight. Where is Rivka discovered, parenthetically? At a place called the ayin, which is an eye, it's almost as if Rivka kind of follows that mission of Avraham or that way of Avraham with a certain clarity. Yitzhak alternatively, not certain that he has the same clarity. The truth is Yitzhak from the beginning of the story. Let's contrast him to Avraham again. Avraham at the beginning of Parashat Vayera discovers that he's going to have a child. How does he discover it? Three angels appear to him. There's an appearance. You're going to have a child. Yitzhak at the beginning of Parashat Toledot is well, searching. He's praying. He's hoping. He's seeking. There's no clarity at any point, it seems, in the life of Yitzhak. He doesn't have that simple relationship, almost organic one that Avraham has in terms of understanding it and having that perspective and you know the ease. You know, the, before I even go onward, there's, there is a, a philosophical debate in terms of 
our relationship with God? Is it pronounced through what's called yidi'ah, knowledge, or is it alternatively pronounced through what's called emunah, something called faith? But okay. the first line, that's why that's I'm but with you, but Lori, what I'm telling you is throughout, he seems to be missing that clarity. You're saying like we should take it for granted. I just don't see it. So all the experiences that Avraham has where he's so certain, where he's informed, Yitzhak's kind of just searching and seeking. He doesn't have that clarity. And for me, you know, when Rambam describes knowledge of God, he explains it exactly as that. It's yidiyat, it's knowledge of God. The mitzvah from the Ten Commandments of Anochi Adonai Elohecha, it's a mitzvah, is to know God. For Rambam, it's about going into the world, reading the Torah, and having as much knowledge of God as you can. How are you going to derive that? I wish I had an easy answer. I had a long conversation with a student today about this. I, I wish, can you, can you, Map out for me how to find God. I can't, but Rambam says you can. Right? It's about knowledge. Alternatively, many others had a vision of something called Emunah. You're not going to have clear vision. It's not going to be knowledge in that respect. It'll be something else, something having to do with faith, something having to do with belief. That's the Yitzhak, not vision, that's the Yitzhak life. I'd like to, for a few moments, focus on that in turn. It means, to say it in a sentence, Whereas the life of Abraham and yes, Lori, he's the first, and as a result, he figures it out really quickly, but it's a lot less in this respect, at least to me, relatable to you and me than the life of Yitzhak. Yitzhak's life is a very real one. It's one in which he doesn't have the answers all the time, in which angels, that's right, in which angels don't come and tell him when he's having a child, in which he doesn't know why and how things are taking place, in which, so to speak, he's blinded at critical moments in his life, that's a very our type of story. How do you, how do you deal with it in that circumstance? Yidiyah only goes so far in terms of knowledge because I understand it, because I experienced it. Well, what about when I don't experience it? What about when I don't see it? What about when I'm a Yitzhak? How do, I, how do I deal with the circumstance then? Well, listen to how he does it. So he turns to his son on page 134. He turns to his son, Esav, and commands him, go out and get an animal so that I can eat it before my death. Why does he need an animal to eat in order to give a blessing to his son? I agree. Uh, I, I think so. I, I wish then we could eat before we pray in the morning. You know, it, it, it would make a lot of sense. Um, it certainly is, is, is a, an approach to it. In order to have prophecy, he wanted to be satisfied from the physical side. I'm not negating it. I'm suggesting, though, alternatively, maybe in addition, if I'm not going to do this through clarity of sight, let me have a, all, we talked a few moments ago about the experience at Kibbutz Beri, where it was this whole gamut of emotions. Let me have the whole gamut of senses in this circumstance. Let me start with taste. Let me have something that you've given me that I tasted. Because the clarity of sight, and I don't mean in the physical sense, but I mean it in terms of having clarity, in terms of the continuity, in terms of the future, I'm not that clear right now. I think Yitzhak is, is, is hinting in this situation. So let me instead try to intuit this. Let me try to pick up on this through other experiences. I'm going to eat with you. 
You're going to give me something. I'm going to experience together with you, not in absolute clarity, but I'm going to come to it from a different direction. Again, in our own lives, I'm not 100% certain about what to do and how to do it in this situation, but let me experience it in its fullest in order to search for God, in order to feel his presence. All right, so that's, that's what happens initially. So he asks for the food, he's going to eat it. And then in the critical moments, as Yaakov enters in, and not Esav, here are, the, uh, here are the words. If you turn to page 136, Pasuk Kafbet. Perek Kafzayim Pasuk Kafbet. Here are the words. Vayigash Yaakov el Yitzhak Aviv Vaymushehu. Yaakov enters in and immediately his father touches him. Why did he touch him? Because he can't see. So touching is going to take the place. I'm going to taste, I'm going to touch, and his question, ha'ataze b'ni isav imlo? Of course the response is yes, and vayomer ha'kol kol Yaakov, it sounds like Yaakov, hearing, v'hayadayim yedeh isav, touching is something else. Yitzhak is utterly confused the complete opposite experience of Abraham at Har HaMoriah, the complete opposite experience of clarity of vision and understanding of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Yitzhak is entirely confused over here, appealing to every other sense, trying taste, attempting feeling, even, well, not yet, listening. I would say sight is more ideal, but so far and distant from the normal life. I mean, we talked in the summer so many times in Sefer Defarim. What does Moshe continuously remind the people? Shema Yisrael, the Hayaim Shamoa Tishmu. His memory of Har Sinai is not one of sight, but rather of listening because he's aware. We're no longer in a generation of prophecy in the same way that you've been in the desert. So now you need to become attuned to other modes of connection. It's very possible. It's very possible, but why doesn't he have that clarity? You think he's fighting it, or alternatively, he just doesn't have that clarity? Rivka does. Rivka from the... No, in other words, uh, listen to the words at the beginning of the parasha, even, which are very confusing words. The very beginning of the parasha, the first five, six pesukim, the pasuk says that Yitzchak loves Esav kisayid befiv, because he puts food in his mouth. Ve Rivka ohevet et Yaakov, and Rivka just loves Yaakov. What's the difference between the two? Rivka has clarity of sight. Rivka is that continuity of Avraham. Yitzhak is, in a very real way, I'm repeating again, just doesn't have the full clarity in that respect. And it's not tragic because he compensates. And the lesson of the life of Yitzhak in turn, I think to me and you, is so much more relevant. It's so much more real than the Avraham and Rivka lesson. The Avraham and Rivka lesson is, well, you're going to understand things and you're going to work with them and don't look back. The lesson of Yitzhak is, there's going to be confusing moments. How are you going to deal with that situation? Are you going to just appeal to, well, I don't know, whatever other, other people tell me. Are you going to appeal to just taking guesses? Alternatively, are you going to be searching? Are you going to be seeking? Listen to his next words. Are you indeed my son? I am.
And as we move ahead, All right, come forward and kiss me. So he's eaten, and now he wants closeness and kissing. And now, And now, the last of the senses comes to fruit, literally every single sense. It's a sensory, it's a sensory overkill situation. He can't see, so he started with eating. He has touched, he has listened, and now he smells. He has done every single one and listened to his final words for my purposes. He says, look, the smell of my son is like the smell of, this, of the field which God has blessed. It's the wrong word being used. You don't talk about looking at smells, you say smelling smells. Mm-hmm. But Yitzhak in this moment arrived at clarity. He can see now. He can't see maybe physically, he can't see in the traditional sense, but he's figured it out. What I'm suggesting is in this moment, everything clicks for Yitzhak. Whereas all the fears, all the confusion, all the doubts that he's been dealing with, especially in this situation, in contrast to the Avraham Akedah, where everything was about clarity of sight and resolute vision and understanding of where I'm going, Yitzhak hasn't been clear. In this moment, he's clear. But he's clear, not with sight, he's clear with his nose. He sees with his nose in this situation. Uh, to say it in different words, I once read the following story. The following story about, um, he was the, the great mashkiach of Mir Yeshiva in Europe. His name was Rabbi Rucham Levavitz. He told the following story about defining, this is really the crux of it, what it means to have emunah. The standard, I don't know that it's provided the standard in context, but the standard emunah, if you ask 99% of Jews in the world, maybe I'm being too... Too, too exaggerated, but many people, they say emunah means when you don't know, you just have trust. And you don't know and you just, uh, and it feels good and it gives you a certain certainty and it makes you feel throughout your life like you're together with God and so on and so forth. That's what emunah is. He told the following story to define emunah for his students at the time. He said that he was once in, maybe backwards, I don't know. This literally happens. I, it's the time of the year. I forgot the time of the year. Okay, I move back. This, we're better here. Um, he said that he was visiting, I think it was the city was Warsaw, and he was in a building and there was a blackout. And he was on the fourth floor. There was a blackout. I imagine it was at night. So as a result, there really he couldn't see anything. So he made his way, I assume with other people, to the to the uh, staircase going down, and as he got to the staircase, he put his hand on the handrail, and he held onto the handrail in the dark, all the way down, following the handrail to the bottom of the stairs. So that, for him, encapsulates and defines emunah. We assume emunah is, well, I get into that staircase, there's no light, I'll just start going. May as well, I'll have trust, I'll have faith in God. Alternatively, it's not that you're just jumping down those stairs, it's that there's a handrail. It's that you've put in effort to find answers and to have a certain strength of understanding. You've, in the story of Yitzhak, used all your senses in order to arrive at an explanation to this. It might be that you don't have full clarity, you're not actually seeing with your eyes. Rabbi Rochum wasn't, and Yitzhak wasn't, but you've come to the point where your emunah is defined by a life lived with 
open eyes, a life lived with open ears and nose, and I've spent a lifetime looking for and understanding to the extent that now, I'm not just throwing my hands up and assuming everything's going to be okay. I'm involved in banking on what I've discovered and learned through a life of discovery and searching. In other words, um, I mean, it's even the word. The, uh, uh, Moshe is known in Parashat Beha'alot Echa as Bechol Beti Ne'emanhu. That's the word that defined Moshe. Ne'eman is a way of saying he was trustworthy. If I trust you, I probably know something about you. In other words, if I'm going to hand you a million dollars and ask you to deliver it, it's because you're trustworthy. How are you trustworthy? Just because I assume you're trustworthy or because you've proven it through my knowledge of who you are and what you've done in the past. Emunah, that lashon of ne'eman, yadav emunah is a certain strength. There's a strength which is arrived at through a development in a relationship between one and the other. You become trustworthy because I know enough about you. The Yitzhak story, in short, is a story which contrasts with the life of Avraham. The life of Avraham, which is so relatable in many ways, his connection to God, I believe, is so hard to relate to. Avraham leads his way to Akedat Yitzhak and is seeing, and at no point doubting, and at no point questioning. That's very hard to understand. So much so that when the Akedah is done, whereas he walks up to the mountain together with Yitzhak throughout, as they leave the mountain, are we familiar with this? Leading up to the mountain, the Pasuk describes twice, Vayelechu shenehem yachdav. Yitzhak and Avraham walk together. I've on a lot of occasions injected myself and my dad in that, not, not for an akedah, but I used to walk with my father every Shabbat morning to Sha'aretzion over the course of my childhood, and we held hands, and we, oh, that's what we, arm around the back and all that sort of stuff. That's very chushenem achtav, no, but I really do. I get emotional when I read it because I remember my, like, those were great times, and we, we didn't walk on Ocean Parkway because that's where you're going to see a lot of people, and if you would see people, you would, I wish I was better at this, he would say to them, of course, he he said, I'm spending time with my son. Anytime someone would try to accompany the rabbi, he'd say, I'm sorry, I'm spending time with my son. Wish I was as good with my children with this. Because like, we'll walk, and people come over, and we end up, they hijack the whole car. And then my sons run up ahead, away from me, like they don't want to be a part. But anyway, that's why right? That's the Avraham and Yitzhak experience leading up to it. They're resolute, they're together, and they said, then the Akedah finishes, and the Pasuk says, Vayashov Avraham el Ne'arav, Bazuk says, and Avraham returns to his helpers, and they together go to Be'er Shava. What happened to Yitzhak? It was the walk to Shul with my dad, and then walking away. He walks away by himself. And then the beginning of Hayesara, and Yitzhak is absent. It's almost as if Yitzhak went somewhere. It's almost as if Yitzhak's vision, and that's the rabbi's description again, has been impaired. Avraham had this clarity, this not normal clarity. He just was able to naturally, and some people that I know, naturally, okay, here's the story as well. Remember, remember the Shabbat that I started 
well, kind of dating my wife. It was on a uh, it was on a Shabbaton post high school, so we were in college two years afterwards, and we were there. And this isn't. I mean, it would be cute if this is you know what inspired. But we were in a, a session on one of these Shabbatons, and the rabbi who was leading it said, "How many of you believe that when you're praying, not believe? How many of you feel when you're praying as if you're speaking directly to God, and that He's listening?" It's like three people in the room raised their hand. She was one of them, right? Well, that, that's the okay. Here she is. Zahava is Avraham and Rivka. Anyway, but in other words, that that's what I'm, that, that's what I think. In other words, it's, it's even greater than that, right? You walked away from Akedat Yitzhak, and you still have sight, and you still have vision. You're still clear, and Yitzhak in a very normal questioning way, especially because he was the passive one, especially because he was the son in all of this, doesn't so easily emerge from this. Yitzhak is impaired to a certain extent. He has questions, not in a negative way. He has questions like many normal people have. He has doubts, not doubts about God's existence, but doubts about how things work, about how life could and should be governed by my relationship with God. And as a result, in his relationship with his kids as well, he's working so the Torah, so to speak, is playing with his relationship with Esav and Yaakov vis-a-vis that general direction of life where Yitzhak finds himself very differently than Rivka. And it comes to the crux of it in the parallel to the Akedah experience. That's this week's parashah. That's the Berachot. And the moment of the Berachot, again, begins with Yitzhak can't say. Opposite of Akedah, Yitzhak. It continues with, he's talking to his son, and his son's speaking with him. And instead of having answers, he has questions. Who are you? And instead of looking up and finding the other ram, by the way, this is like the biggest point of it, whereas Avraham, when he's told it's not Yitzhak, he raises his eyes and he takes the ram, Yitzhak discovers it's not Esav. And I'm sorry, it's over. I'm sorry, I, I, I clearly gave the right berachat to Yaakov. It's almost as if things crystallize for Yitzhak in that moment. He has vision through all his other senses. He's come to a point, and again, just to, to strengthen the idea of emunah in this moment, the emunah aspect of Yitzhak, in contrast to the yidi'ah aspect of Avraham, is one I think very relatable to each of us. You can experience life as an absolute vision of God. Hard to get there, not sure how many people actually have that sort of relationship, but there is such a thing. There are people, there's the people who, on a consistent basis, are speaking to God. Really fantastic. Uh, Others are searching are in a Yitzhak mode of life, are searching, are seeking, are, are, are looking in those situations where it's not so clear. Uh, what are you banking on in those situations? What is it that is giving you your strength, or what is it that you're, that, you're, that you're running with in order to establish a relationship? Are you, on the one hand, just throwing things up in the air, or are you alternatively, and I think that's really what this story describes to us, are you putting everything into it? Are you holding on to the railing when it's dark? Are you searching and seeking and trying to understand as much as you can in, and I mean it in, in a very real sense, I'm, I'm very much inspired by this conversation earlier today with a student in which he was really saying, so I have a lot of questions. I, I said, but so do I. So I said, but how do you live with that? I said, because I, I live my life and I try to with open eyes. I said, but what do you see? I said, sometimes one thing and other times another thing. It's the Yitzhak experience. Yitzhak might have, have literal open eyes, but Yitzhak is at all times searching. So he says, let me eat and let me touch and let me hug and let me kiss and let me smell and let me 
in turn finally understand through all of that experience, I think that is the experience of a real, uh, a real depth of emunah that Yitzhak has and portrays to us. Again, ironically, through the relationship with his sons, which effectively is over, you know, over the overarching theme is this beracha of God, which he's in, in, he's bestowing to his son, but very much felt through Yitzhak's way of. I guess the word compensating, is the word compensating wrong, or maybe struggling is maybe the word, in terms of understanding and appealing to really everything that he has in order to understand it best. It should only be a challenge we can all live up to in our own lives when we don't have vision, when we don't have clarity, as times are uncertain, as we uh, are surrounded by doubt. So how do we react? Do we, on the one hand, just jump down the stairs and assume and hope that we're going to fall on solid grounding? Do we alternatively run away and hide in a corner? Or do we uh, hold on to the wall and find the banister and search for and seek for uh, some understanding and uh, grow from that a little bit further? That, I think, is very much the story of Yitzhak's life from beginning until end. So.